How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you wish to be on the program. Now, I I, want to play for you again a, a clip I played at the beginning of the show. From Bob Costas, he was on uh, Bill Maher's show on HBO, uh, and he is speaking for a lot of Democrats, what he's saying publicly, what a lot of them are privately thinking. And this gets to what's the path forward for the Democrats and why the panic is sitting in this. This is Bob Costas on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. When it comes to Biden, this is like the truth that no one until very recently wants to say out loud. But my friends will tell you I've been saying it for four years. This is Emperor's New Clothes stuff. Joe Biden should have run on a firm promise that he would be a one-term president. The only reason he is president is that he's not Donald Trump. Then the Dems could have gotten a lot of people up in the bullpen, and they could have sorted through those people. If Biden's hubris is such that he doesn't understand the best interests of his party and, more important, his country, then he has to be shown the door, period. Because if Trump is a threat to democracy, and in many ways he is, so too are the Dems, who are in danger of being as feckless as the Republicans have long been shameless if they're going to send this guy out there. If Trump is a monster, and in many ways he is, you're going to send this guy out to slay the dragon? I don't think so. That's what Democrats are privately saying themselves. They're, they're starting to wonder, can, can Joe Biden do this? Nothing is inevitable until the moment inevitability arises. Lyndon Johnson was running for re-election until the moment he wasn't in March of 1968. There are a lot of Democrats. Jake Sherman uh, from Punchbowl, D.C., was on Squawk Box on CNBC this morning talking about that. The number of Democrats out there who are privately recalling that, in fact, um, that uh, Johnson dropped out. In fact, let me play you that clip one more time. This is from this morning on Squawk Box. You think it, at this point, okay, at, let's say six months ago that the... the that, that Joe Biden would be the nominee was 99%, would you say? What would you say it is right now? I, I don't think it's going to be him anymore. I don't see how it can be him anymore. If 86, what, it, it, wasn't that the latest? 86% of the country thinks he's too old. I can tell you this, and I was actually surprised by this, Joe. We uh, Last week, I had members of the House, and uh, mostly members of the House, who are incredibly publicly supportive of Joe Biden, wonder whether he will be the nominee and suggesting he might not be the nominee. Now, 
I think that if Joe Biden can do it, he will do it, period. I think that um, uh, short of his um, uh, something drastic, God forbid, happening to the president, he will be the nominee. Um, but I, I'm telling you that, and I'm, I'm not saying this lightly, people who are publicly very supportive of him are telling me, have told me last week, they don't know whether he's going to be the nominee and even pointing out that, and this is interesting, I hadn't thought of this, that LBJ in 1968 uh, dipped out of the race on March 31st. So the fact that people are thinking about that and have that readily available is, is interesting to me. Here's what you need to know, because I'm hearing this a lot. This LBJ dipped out in March of 1968. The, the, the process of renomination had already begun. The modern primary system didn't come about until 1976. Prior to 1976, uh, the men in smoke-filled rooms were the people who picked the nominees. Lyndon Johnson could be going through the motions of campaigning uh, and doing primaries, but it was the superdelegates and the people behind the scenes who mattered way more than the voters. After 1976, both parties embraced the modern primary system where voters vote in individual primaries spread out through a calendar. And after that, uh, the person who gets the most delegates becomes the nominee. And that matters way more now than it's ever mattered in the past. There is a website called thegreenpapers.com. And it outlines the details and the procedures for when elections are and when the primaries are. And it's a rather convoluted calendar. So, for example, you've got the South Carolina primary. You've got the... Uh, primaries for the Super Tuesday states coming up on March 5th. You've got a New York special election. Uh, You you got a lot of, you've got a lot of delegates being counted. And those delegates, as they count, they become binding to a candidate. So Donald Trump is getting delegates and Nikki Haley is getting delegates on the Republican side. And then on the Democratic side, Joe Biden, likewise, is getting delegates. Nikki Haley says she's going to stay in until the South Carolina primary. I don't know that she can actually um, pull it off beyond that. I mean, she she's not going to get the delegates, so that in and of itself doesn't matter on the Republican side. But a lot of these states are not winner-take-all. They're proportional, so Nikki Haley gets some delegates. That's one reason she wants to stay in. If if there was an unforeseen turn of events and Donald Trump dropped out on the Republican side, well, Nikki Haley would be the last person standing with delegates. And I suppose she thinks that would give her then leverage to negotiate becoming the Republican nominee. But uh, Trump's delegates would be released, and there's no guarantee they'd go for Haley. That complicates the path for her. On the Democratic side, Joe Biden, if he were to leave and and 
let's say something doesn't happen to him physically, so he's not incapacitated, he's not dead, he just decides, you know what, I'm going to Trump on March 5th, secures the uh, Super Tuesday delegates for the GOP. Uh, now that the Republicans are stuck with him, I'm going to leave the scene. What would happen? What would happen is he would have to release his delegates. But they would want to hear from him as to where the delegates should go. And the odds are very good, he would say, Kamala Harris. She is his running mate. He has maintained some level of loyalty to her, and he would love the history of a uh, first female president of the United States and having a hand in that. But here's reality. Reality is Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. Now, I will caveat this and tell you that, yeah, he could change his mind. Pressure could be brought to bear. But right now, in the reality we live in today, Jill Biden thinks he has what it takes and thinks that it was abusive and disrespectful of the special counsel to say anything about Joe Biden's memory because it's wrong. And Joe Biden thinks the same thing. And the people immediately around the president think the same thing. So none of them are telling Joe Biden, to you've got to stand down. In Congress, they're freaking out about it. They see the polling data. The polling data is just bad for Joe Biden. For all of the Democrats who are convinced that there's no way possible ever that Donald Trump could become president again, Donald Trump is crushing Joe Biden nationally. Donald Trump historically underperforms his polling nationally. He's at uh, 45.8 to 43.9 in the Real Clear Politics polling average, so up 1.9%. So give him two extra percent there. He's 3.9%. That's enough to matter in the swing states. According to the battleground states polling averages of Real Clear Politics, in Arizona, Trump is up 4.5 over Biden. In Nevada, Trump is up seven over Biden. In Wisconsin, Trump is up six-tenths of a point over Biden. In Michigan, Trump's up five over Biden. In Pennsylvania, Biden's up three-tenths of a point. In North Carolina, Trump's up 10. In Georgia, Trump's up 7.2. That's the polling averages right now. Now, there haven't been a lot of polls in those states. There haven't been a lot of polls over time, just so you understand. But that's where we are. Donald Trump's ahead in all the swing states. That's 300 electoral college votes when you take into account all the states that are going to go Republican. Trump's going to be the president. Now, let's go back to 2012. At this point in 2012, Mitt Romney was winning. Mitt Romney was winning. Things change. Events change things. But Joe Biden is the most unpopular president in the United States. But Joe Biden is surrounded with people who believe that he's got to stay for the sake of the country, that he beat Trump once, he can beat Trump again. There's a level of amateurish arrogance among Biden's team. So don't be surprised if Joe Biden's the Democratic nominee. And that, by the way, is fantastic for Donald Trump. In 2020, it was only Joe Biden could beat Donald Trump. That's That was the conventional wisdom in 2024. The conventional wisdom really is only Joe Biden can lose to Donald Trump. And only Trump can lose to Joe Biden. It's a sick symbiotic relationship between the two. But right now, Donald Trump is winning. That brings pressure to bear on the Democrats to change their nominee. And the Democrats, more than the Republicans, have a pattern and practice in the past in some states like New Jersey and elsewhere of changing and swapping out their nominees when they realize there's a problem. 
And Joe Biden can do that until the moment of the Democratic convention, and then the only way he can change it is to die. Once Joe Biden becomes officially the Democratic nominee in August at the Democratic convention, the ballots start being formed and printed. And he can't remove his name from the ballot unless something very serious medically happens to him, typically death. Until then, if Biden walks away, the Democratic delegates, it becomes an open convention. But they will go where Joe Biden wants them to go, and he'll probably want them to go to Kamala Harris. The big problem and the big issue, however, for Joe Biden is that he doesn't want to leave. And that's what you must understand. Joe Biden does not want to leave. I hear all the conspiracy theories about Michelle Obama is going to be the nominee or he's going to drop out. Yeah, I think he should. And yeah, a logical time to do it would be after Mar- after Super Tuesday. And he could go to the State of the Union and say, you know what, folks, I am going to be a one-term president. It would be smart for him to do that. But Joe Biden's an arrogant guy. This goes back to Bob Costa and and his statement about the hubris of Joe Biden. Joe Biden has a lot of arrogance. Joe Biden really is convinced that he can stop Donald Trump. And when you're filled with that level of arrogance and the level of incompetence, incompetence and arrogance together is the most dangerous combination. And Joe Biden has both of them. And because he's both incompetent and arrogant, he is most likely to be convinced that only he can stop Donald Trump. He is affirmed by his wife, who does not have the good sense to tell him to step aside because she loves being in the office, she loves the power and privilege, and she loves having her husband to boss around in the White House. So do not be surprised if Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee. It is possible they change. If they were smart, they would. If this continues to get out of control, they probably will do everything they can to push him aside. They probably are thinking how to have those conversations with him right now. But it's not an easy process. And the process is complicated by Kamala Harris being the vice president. Kamala Harris is 25th Amendment insurance, and she's insurance for the Democrats to ensure they go with Joe Biden because she's more unpopular than him. So don't be surprised if we get a November and it's Joe Biden. But also at this point, the way it's going, I really would not be surprised if the Democrats make a full court press to push Joe Biden out of the race. They've got time to do it. But every day that goes by is a day less to get a new person and allow that person to define themselves before Donald Trump's machine eats that person alive. It makes it very difficult. If Biden's going to leave, he's going to have to do it sooner rather than later, which means he's probably not going to. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine. I've got a simple question for you, I hope. We know how the Biden machine likes money. Is President Biden staying in this race just to collect contributions that he can keep if he backs out? Oh, no, um, he, he can't. Uh, so used to, yes, uh, but they, the federal law was changed a number of years ago, and, and you can't use that money for your personal purposes. What you can use it for is to dole out to other candidates and build up goodwill with other candidates, or you can give it to nonprofits. So in theory, he could set up a nonprofit, transfer the money to the nonprofit, uh, and, and use it that way, uh, but he can't just take it with him in, in some capacity. I, I'm sure there are, there are shenanigans with some politicians using this money. What Biden will probably be called on to do, if he were, he's got this massive war chest. Let's say he drops out 
Uh, what he would undoubtedly be pressured to do by the Democrats would be to transfer that whole war chest to the Democratic Party, which he would be allowed to do, or to some super PAC to help uh, another candidate. That's part of the problem here, too, y'all. Uh, getting Biden out of the race, it's an expensive proposition to get someone else in there and raise a bunch of money. It's an expensive proposition. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, in fact, I'm, I'm seeing a, a lister come in and say, I, I think the Democrats won't make a move until after the Republican convention. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, once Super Tuesday hits, Donald Trump has the delegates. So Trump will be the Republican nominee after Super Tuesday. You don't have to wait until the Republican convention because of the way the rules of the Republican convention are worked. The delegates will be bound to Donald Trump, whether they want to be or not. And the only way for, for something to happen there is for Trump to walk away. And if Trump walked away after the convention, his vice presidential nominee would be the, the Republican nominee. But I, So it doesn't really matter. I, I assume that it did, but talking to my friends who are lawyers, election lawyers, know the process. It, does, it doesn't matter that uh, you will be bound. Um, once Trump gets the delegates on Super Tuesday, the Democrats will be or the Republicans will be bound to him, whether they like it or not. Uh, which gives Joe Biden wiggle room to get out of Dodge afterwards. But again, I just don't think that he will actually do that. Now, I have got to welcome back to the show uh, Eden Pure and their thunderstorm. You know, I used it this weekend, um, and it's so great. For those of you who don't know, um, the Eden Pure thunderstorm is a fantastic device. Uh, It is an air purifier. And the way the Eden Pure works is you go to, you order it and you get, um, you get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it eliminates odor. So, for example, I was using mine this weekend in Louisiana in my hotel room because uh, the people next door to me, it was Mardi Gras weekend, they were going crazy and they were uh, smoking. And the Eden Pure Thunderstorm eliminates smoke odors. It eliminates dirty diapers odors, eliminates cooking odors, it eliminates so much more. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com, and uh, there's a BOGO going on right now, which is so fantastic. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code ERICBOGO, E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O. You buy one, you get one free. It's fantastic. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm eliminates odors. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERICBOGO. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Okay, before I move on to anything else, <laughs> can I tell y'all the dumb thing that I did? I, I, I'm actually impressed with myself that that I that I figured out. So, 
my I, I I'm looking so there's a there's a a an outdoor pizza oven that that I want to buy and I've got one of those rock boxes and I and you, there are these things there's the uni and there's the rock box and they're small and you can do a small pizza in it and I've gotten proficient enough at it now that I want to actually do more because it's not really a pizza oven it's an outdoor oven and I've got breads I want to bake and and things and in the wood burning and in the gas outdoor oven and. Uh, excited to get one. It's called a Fontana, and it, it's this big thing, and it, you can do four pizzas at a time in it. It's a pretty big, big thing, and it, it, it's expensive. I'm saving my pennies for it. And so anyway, so my son has gotten to liking my pizzas. I, I really like to – since I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I started making pizzas homemade. And over the years, I've gotten the dough where I like it. I can make a homemade sauce, but I've actually found a canned sauce that I actually like. Uh, very much, but I've never found pepperoni that I really liked. The boar's head and the Hormel, I just, I don't, like I, the Hormel is okay, but it's just not great. It's not as good as the the pepperoni that you get at a pizza restaurant. And it's always bugged me. And I've tried the Armor brand, the Bridgestone brand, the, the boar's head brand, the Hormel brand. You never get pepperoni that's as good as the pepperoni you get at the restaurant. And I finally went down a rabbit hole on Reddit and discovered you cannot actually buy the pepperoni that they serve in pizza restaurants. You can't do it. Uh, it's not available for commercial resale to consumers. You have to be a restaurant wholesaler. And that is the secret to how they get you coming back for more. They buy higher quality pepperoni at wholesale prices. And so they make a pepperoni at the at the pizza restaurant. And you're like, wow, this is fantastic. And then you try it at home and you don't get the same results because the pepperoni is not as good. So I signed up with a food wholesaler because I've got a business. So I put in my business information and signed up with a food wholesaler. And I researched the snot out of it. And there's a pepperoni brand that cups up. Um, so, you know, it gets crispy on the edges and it cups up so the oil pulls in. And it's highly, highly thought of in the pizza industry called Izo Sausage. So I ordered a box. The catch is that the I had to go through wholesale. So I ordered a five-pound box of pepperoni. Y'all should see my freezer. We had to get a giant freezer because my wife and her parents shell peas and they put them up all year and live off the peas. And, and our, our outdoor freezer has four shelves of nothing but varieties of peas. And the bottom shelf has five pounds of pepperoni. I had to individually take and and put in little quart Ziploc bags, handfuls of them, so that I wouldn't waste those five pounds. Y'all, I got five pounds of pepperoni. I'm never going to be able to eat all this pepperoni. But now I got to get the pizza oven so I can start making the pizza. But I was eating that stuff raw, and it was delicious. I mean, it's cured, so it wasn't going to kill me. It was fantastic. I finally found pepperoni. That's fantastic. But I had to order a five-pound box of it. I'm going to live off pepperoni for the next several years. It it, it lasts, so it's no big deal. But good gracious. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go to the folds. 877-973-7425. Griffin, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome, Griffin. How are you? Hey, I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Hey, uh, I, I was doing the Super Bowl last night. I saw this um, brief commercial that ended basically saying Kennedy, vote Kennedy 2024. What's that about? Who was it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let me see if I can find this. Um, 
because I actually, so I was making my king cake last night. I was inside putting the icing on the king cake after it came out of the oven uh, and did not get to see the ad from Robert Kennedy. And it's a, it's a, a an ad that kind of harkens back to uh, Bobby Kennedy and um, John and John F. Kennedy. Uh, uh, let me see if I can rearrange this. It, it's got very old footage that it samples over videos of Robert Kennedy. It shows old images uh, and it layers on uh, current ones. That was the, um, that was the campaign song for Bobby Kennedy in the 1960s. That was the Bobby Kennedy. And it, the Bobby Kennedy ad was based on the John F. Kennedy ad. And it was a smart ad uh, highlighting the dynastic uh, Kennedy family that have tried to distance themselves from him. And, and he wrapped himself around it. Now, it was done, the ad was done by a super PAC. Uh, the super PAC was called American Values 2024. It's the Super PAC supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's running. It looks like he may become the Libertarian Party candidate. Uh, and But it was harkens, harkens back to the Kennedy campaigns for Bobby and John Kennedy using the same uh, campaign song that John F. Kennedy used that then Bobby Kennedy used later to tie the family together. Now Robert Kennedy used it. And parts of the Kennedy family are furious because they think Bobby Kennedy Jr. has gone off the deep end, anti-vaccine, super conspiracy theory, environmentalist, whatever, and they support Joe Biden, so they aren't big fans of him co-opting it. That's that's what that's about. Uh, Tracy, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, one sign to indicate if Michelle Obama is going to be a candidate for president is to watch her hair. If it's in braids, Maybe she won't run. If it comes out of braids like it was during First Lady, I think it's possible she'll be the candidate. But one quick question for you. Why didn't all Republicans vote to impeach Mayorkas? I understand Blake Moore switched his vote so that the Republicans could request another vote on the impeachment in the future. So could you help us understand why all Republicans yes. didn't get on board? Okay. In the process uh, of so there were a couple, including Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, who said he was voting against it. And, and the reason Gallagher says he was voting against it is uh, twofold. One, as I mentioned earlier, behind the scenes, Mayorkas has been pretty helpful to the GOP, according to some of them. Uh, the other reason Gallagher thinks is that uh, Mayorkas hasn't done anything illegal. We may not like it, uh, but the problem is Joe Biden, not Mayorkas, so he didn't want to um, impeach Mayorkas. Some of them don't want to impeach Mayorkas because they know it's a wasted vote. Uh, so why bother tying up the House when there's more important stuff to do because the Senate will never convict him. Uh, and then some of them actually think that they, they, they oppose it because they think whoever they got would be far worse than Mayorkas. The Democrats in the Senate would confirm whoever Joe Biden put there. Mayorkas behind the scenes has been more reasonable, and so why go with someone who's going to be far worse than Mayorkas? That uh, better the devil you know than the one you don't. That That's how they're thinking. Now, uh, to, to your point about Blake, uh, the parliamentary rules say that only someone in the majority on an issue can bring that issue back up. So he had to switch his vote to 
vote against Mayorkas so that he can, now that Steve Scalise is back, make a motion to reconsider. A motion to reconsider can only be made by someone in the majority of the vote. Since the majority of the vote was against impeachment, um, he had to switch his vote to against so he can bring that back up. Now, I want to switch to something else at the end. As you are probably aware, you saw the ads he gets us about Jesus. My buddy Andrew Walker is the professor of ethics at Southern Seminary. He's a longtime friend of mine. He's also my editor for World Magazine's opinion section, he and Al Mohler. I want to read you a tweet from Andrew. He gets us framed evangelism with a leftward tinge, communicating the respectability of certain sins over others in our culture, although I'm not sure the ad even communicated that the respectable sins were sins at all. It's curious that Jesus never showed up washing feet at a MAGA rally, a truck stop porn store in Alabama, uh, to dilapidated and drugged out factory workers in Ohio, or a white nationalist militia meeting in Michigan. If Jesus really is for all sinners, we should want right-wing racists converted as well, right? How would we respond to Jesus washing the feet of someone outside the Capitol on January 6th? The socially high-status sin of the left are the ones Christians are told to evangelize, not the low-status sins of the deplorable right, because it seems they're the ones truly outside redemption's reach. Jesus loved the outcast, the broken, of course, so should we. That's the beauty of Jesus. There's no partiality in the degree or type of brokenness in need of his redemption. The conditioning effect of these commercials is framing and reframing the social cast of American sin, however, is really something. The truth of the matter is that Jesus redeems sinners from both right and left. Whether high status or low status, everyone is equal in their need for Christ. That could have been communicated, but it wasn't. Yes, exactly. I'm not a fan of the he gets us ads. Uh, I actually appreciated more the ones that aired in the Super Bowl than some of the prior ones, but I'm not a fan of them because I understand what they're doing. They're trying to make uh, evangelize to people who are very secular. But by running ads during the Super Bowl, they're evangelizing everyone. What do you think the reaction would have been had you seen someone washing someone's feet at a rally with a bunch of Confederate flags flying in the background. You see Confederate flags, and you see there a white person sitting, and someone, not a, not a black person, because the connotations there would have gone too far, but see someone else washing their feet. What, what, what would the left have done? And the, the slogan saying, Jesus doesn't see your past, he sees your future, something like that. Or he forgives your past. And he calls you to a future, a different future. You could have messaged it, but they didn't want to do that. My problem with these ads is that's a lot of money for a Super Bowl ad, $7 million. And I suspect you could have evangelized a secular society way better than those ads. Now, it is one part of the Green family of Hobby Lobby that is uh, funding the ads. 
Uh, it's a well-meaning and well-intended family that is trying to connect to secular people with these advertisements. Part of my issue as well is that there are people within the Christian community who don't like the ads but won't say anything because they're afraid they might not get a grant. They might not get money. So they don't say anything. There are some who really do like the ads, but most of the people I know who are publicly quiet are the ones who are scared that they may get cut off from access to funds if they publicly criticize. I don't have access to any of the funds. I don't care. I don't like the ads. I think they're a waste of money. And I think to Andrew's point, uh, what they do is they cast uh, the socially high status sins of the left as the ones that can connect with the people watching TV as opposed to the low status sins of the so-called deplorable right because they're the ones outside of redemption's reach it seems to be conveyed by the ads. I, I, they're a waste of money in my mind. Um, there are ways to do them right, and I don't think I think they've missed. I, I absolutely think that they've missed. I think they've wasted money. And if it's their money to waste, if they want to waste their money, but I don't think that they really connect too often with the people on the left who are watching them, and they certainly turn off a whole lot of other people on the right because they look to be politically motivated towards the left. And they'll trot out someone who says, oh, I saw the commercial, and it got me curious, and I converted, and I'm saved. Well, yeah, they got a great PR campaign to claim that the ads are working because you know what? The people are getting commissions off the ads, and they want the money to continue to flow them so that they can run the ads. So, of course, they're going to highlight every possible success story, but there sure don't seem to be a lot of them. It's just I hate to see evangelicals who want to evangelize waste their money in this sort of way and be surrounded by syncophants, yes men, and people who want the commissions. Tell them, keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't think that they do a bit of good, and to the extent they're highlighting good that they're doing, it's the highlighting of good that's being done to keep the money flowing as opposed to actually showing your bang for your buck. It's not being you're not getting a great return on investment and your return on reverse, your return on investment is supposed to be saving souls. You could be saving a lot more souls doing something different, but God forbid anyone tell the truth to rich people spending money in the Christian sphere. Now, let me tell you where you can get a great bang for your buck because it's completely free. That's Hillsdale College. You can get a free pocket constitution. Hillsdale College has been generating a great return on investment for American constitutionalism. And it's a return on investment that's not financial it's based on a recommitment to the founding ideals of this country. Larry Arn and Hillsdale are committed to being great stewards of the founding of this country and the true history of this country. That's why they want you to go to ericforhillsdale.com. You can get a free pocket constitution with the Declaration of Independence, and you can see their constitution minutes. They run them during this program. They're one-minute segments that focus on the truth of the constitution. You can hear them, you can share them with friends, you can subscribe to them, you can learn how to take free courses about the Constitution from Hillsdale College. They're missional in their approach to constitutionalism. It's such a great program. I'm delighted to have them with me. Go to ericforhillsdale.com today, E-R-I-C-K, ericforhillsdale.com. Get your free pocket Constitution. Get one for a friend, if a friend needs one. And then you can hear the Constitution minutes, you can share them with friends, and you can recommit yourself to real, authentic American constitutionalism and educate yourself about the way the founders intended this country to be. Eric for Hillsdale.com. Well, there's some breaking news happening right now. Uh, the judge in the criminal case against Donald Trump in Georgia says that an evidentiary hearing needs to happen. 
uh, as to whether or not uh, Fawny Willis and uh, Nathan Wade's relationship uh, it, it impacted financially. L- listen to the, the this exchange here. This happened just a few moments ago in court. Specifically looking at Defendant Roman's motion, it alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit. Again, if there, is, if there even was one. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. So just to emphasize, I think the issues at point here are whether a relationship existed. Oh, so they're going to have an evidentiary hearing because it could result in disqualification for the district attorney. You should see the reaction to the lawyers on the, it was a Zoom call. And when he said it, it could result in disqualification. There was a noticeable reaction from several of the lawyers uh, wow. Yep. This is breaking news happening in Georgia. The judge has said there has to be an evidentiary hearing to establish the record of the relationship between Fawny Willis and Nathan Wade, because it could result in disqualification. It does not sound like he wants to throw the whole case out, uh, but could disqualify uh, the the district attorney, Fawny Willis in Georgia, given the relationship with Nathan Wade. So there will be an evidentiary hearing. Uh, the, the, you know, th- this is this gets to the, the fundamental problem with so many of Donald Trump's opponents. They have all the arrogance, the hubris that they claim that he has. Whether it's Joe Biden uh, dogmatically insisting that he is A-OK, just fine, uh, can function and has no mental impairment, and to heck with the special prosecutor saying otherwise, or whether it's with Fawny Willis, who presumed that she could indict the former president of the United States and that uh, she would be immune from any criticism of doing so, and that she behaved, uh, it now appears, deeply inappropriately. And now the judge, in this case in Georgia, says there's got to be an evidentiary hearing about her relationship with the special prosecutor that could result in her disqualification Big news breaking late today in the state of Georgia in the case against Donald Trump. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.